podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaza Show. Back off international break, no injuries here, phenomenal result. Liverpool finished 3-0 against Leicester City. Fun times, exciting times, but there was an injury, we kind of expect it. But plenty of talking points, a great performance as well. And before we go any further, um, just to give you a little promo, um, if you're loving football, um, this show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you get a massive 25% off using the coupon code AIVPN. That's right, 25% off with the coupon code AIVPN. Liberty Shields offers free VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon, Fire Stick, Amazon Fire Stick, and Mac and Windows. Right, 3 0 it finished. And joining me on this podcast, I mean, it's a late kickoff. Um, the last time we had a late kickoff, it didn't end so well for Liverpool. We got absolutely smacked. And I had this dynamic duo. It's job I'm not superstitious, eh? So, you know what? Let me intro our guests, the familiar voices. Um, joining me first um, is Sam Evans. Welcome back, Sam. Thanks for having me back, Nina. I think that was as comprehensive as it gets, really. Nice and comfortable win for Liverpool, which is a lovely change for some of the, some of the nail-biters uh, that we've been having recently. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful. And you know what? It's just typical you behaviour this because before we started this show, Sam was like, is my is my sound going a bit funny? Is my sound going a bit funny? I was like, no, 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 you sound great. You sound great. Soon as we go live, it's like he's Ariel from fucking Little Mermaid. <laughs> sort your internet out, love. I'm joining, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joining Dave. I've been joining Sam on this podcast. See, he's thrown me off. It's Dave Horrocks. Dave, welcome back. Hey there, Nina. Thanks for having me again, and especially with the association of the late night kickoff and that Aston Villa spanking. So, good job you're not as superstitious as you say. So, cheers. Not for at all. Not at all. Brendan Rogers, isn't it? Nothing to be superstitious about, but no, no, that's another story <laughs> for another day. Uh, you know what? Um, uh, like we said, there is no gags. I am producing today, so this is going to be fun. But Gags, uh, before he starts pressing, I think he just likes to let off some steam. He's just going to quickly join us. Gags, welcome on. Hiya. How you doing? We're really good. You know, I'm just down Sam, Sam's, Sam's just throwing start. me off here. Sounded great before we started recording and then heard him, Robot. Yeah, Robot Sam. Welsh Robot. <laughs> Um, how 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 much of a relief is that the win? I mean, it's it was it was unbelievably one sided, but a relief just because before the game, everyone I'm sure was worried about what we would what would happen here. And, one sided uh, games are underrated. I appreciate them so much more now. Yeah, I mean, we should have known really against Rogers that uh, this type of thing is going to happen. We we last three times now that we've played them, we should have spanked them. So we did at their place. 
at our place last year, 2-1, but we, we really should have spanked them then as well. But I think um, today is literally another statement that, I mean, Jesus Christ, you, you, we are how many players down? A team nearly? A team down? And we have beaten them what should have been 5 or 6 nil. They are the, That scoreline flatters Leicester. That's the fucking hilarious thing about this game. That scoreline flatters them. So from my point of view, um, I wanted I wanted to keep it positive and talk about that, but obviously there's some damp there was some dampeners as well in terms of Cater and Shaq being injured this weekend. I I mean my biggest fear now is what we do next because the squad is so limited now with those two out as well. I was hoping that they would actually add, you know, bring you know have some time in there so that. People would get arrested. I know Robbo will get arrested. Milner, Ginny. Oh, man. I am so worried about the next six weeks, folks. That is what I wanted to say. I am very, very worried about the next six weeks because if we keep getting these injuries, and I can't see it stopping, that's the problem. Every week there'll be something happening because we're putting too much pressure on everybody else. It's not their fault. It's not Klopp's fault. But we're just so unlucky. But, yeah. That's that's the only thing I'd say. But so happy with the win, but so concerned about the the, the next six weeks. Yeah, um, I completely get that. And I think everyone pretty much echoes that. And I'm going to come to Dave first on this one. Dave, I mean, let's talk about this because it's gotten to the stage now where I've become a little bit numb to injuries with Liverpool. It's just like, it's like a constant theme. We're seeing it all the time. We know these international breaks are bad. I know, um, uh, you know, um, Naby Keita did go away with Guinea and of course it was a competitive game. But I just feel like all international football should have kind of stopped. And, you know, that international break for me should have been players kind of resting their muscles and, you know, taking a bit of time out. To me, it's actually really, really like uncalled for. But these injuries are happening. Uh, I think the top teams are suffering more in, in the Premier League. I mean, talk to me about this. It is a massive concern because you look at that bench and there's a lot of kiddos on there. The good. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit the same. I'm numb as well, I think. And I'm, I've been past the point where I'm just so annoyed at the authorities going with this, you know, vote, sort of, you know, absolving themselves of any responsibility at all. And just saying, okay, you guys tell us whether we want to go back to three subs or keep it at five. It's ridiculous because, you know, the the teams lower down the league probably play about 20 games less a season. So everyone's voting for themselves, but it shouldn't have even gone to a vote. We should have done what everyone else has done, you know, planned for the using the five subs and... I, I just hope there's some common sense that comes into this somewhere because you've got the EFL. They've just gone to five subs. So I, I don't understand why the Premier League can't do it. You've got these multi-million pound assets that are just dropping like flies. And, you know, the fact that it's happening to the teams lower down the league as well might make them kind of rethink it as well. So They have to wait till the next meeting. That's why they have to have a vote on it. That's the problem. So it can't just happen like from the Premier League because they ain't got no balls. It has yeah. to be voted on by everybody else and it needs to be an organised fucking meeting. It can't be like, oh, here's an email, lads. Have you heard of an email? Have you heard of a fucking WhatsApp group? Get everyone in there and say, fucking vote now, bitch. Simple yeah. things. To, to have that level of bureaucracy 
for for something like this is is a nonsense. And and I agree with what you were saying as well, Nina. Maybe my feeling is very clear on the whole internationals. When we're in this situation, for me, the internationals shouldn't have been happening at all. Everyone should have been staying in their bubbles and reducing the risk. And you know, it's a bit of a nonsense that everyone's flying off around the world, and uh, you know, but it's all all just a cash cow, isn't it? That's ultimately what's driving it all. You know what? This season, I, I mean, like we've always known football's a bit dodgy and stuff, but like for me, it's so greedy and so self-serving, Sam. And like you know, you really, really do see like the 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 whole like you know. Uh, corrupt side of everything where it's just all about money and it's all about you know what we just want as many games as possible and we don't give a shit and I want to get your thoughts on the injuries as well because we looked like we were doing really well and the player that got injured was actually having a really good game and you know we could have actually really really done with him um, throughout the whole season and it's just absolutely infuriating so I'd like to hear your thoughts for a second there, Nina, I thought you were calling me greedy and self-serving. Well, that was, well. You that was a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> well, bloody hell, Nina. I know I was a robot earlier, but yeah, I've still got feelings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I totally get why Gags is a bit concerned. It's, it's the weird knock-on effect that this injury crisis at, in defence has had to our midfield. Because if you look at our midfielders, official midfielders on our squad, we've got Fabinho, who had to play in defence. we got Thiago, still out, uh, hopefully back soon, but still out. Milner had to play right, ba- right back. Henderson out injured. Oxlade-Chamberlain, don't know how long he'll be. Curtis Jones, was he 19? Um, Shakiri out again. I don't know whether he's just been held back for midweek. But basically... The only three midfielders available to play midfield today were Wijnaldum, Keita and Curtis Jones. And funnily enough, that was our midfield three today. Shaq so, injured, according to James Pierce before the game, he is, mate. is he? Oh, no. I, I was hoping it was... Oh, man. Because he's been... I think he's been excellent recently, Shaq. I just think he's showing his quality. Um, it's just he can't stay fit. He can't keep those calves fit. They're just too big. Um, so it, it is a big worry that it's it's that it, it's that knock-on effect that we've had from those catastrophic injuries in defence and, and the lack of cover that we'd left ourselves with before the season started. But um, you guys are totally right. I think they, they've got a duty of care to these players, the, the guys in charge, that they, they need to look at things because the, these guys are dropping like flies, as you said, they're getting injuries. It, it can be really serious. You know, it, it's not... We're getting a lot of muscular mm. injuries, but when p- players are playing themselves into the ground like that, you put yourself exposed to potential large injuries such as the Joe Gomez one, you know? Um, mm. So uh, it, it's it's not just a case of, oh, I care about club football more than international or whatever. It, it is literally... They, they need to start looking after the players because it's going to keep happening and happening. But one thing I will say, maybe Gags is a bit worried, but personally, because it's it's a level playing field for everyone, I've, I've noticed all the other teams are really struggling with it. And you've, you've got to give credit to this Liverpool side. We've had the worst luck out of any team, the worst refereeing decisions out of any team in the league, and we're still joint top on points. So... Um, even though it's an absolute nightmare at the moment, I've got full faith in this squad 
that they're going to be able to deal with it better than any other team in the league. Absolutely. And can I just ask a follow-up question? Um, uh, Sam, you kind of mentioned there that, you know, um, uh, planning and preparation and, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And I see a lot of people on Twitter mourn about this, that, oh, we should have been a bit more busier in the transfer window. And I just want to come around across the panel. And if Gags, if you're still here, if you're still waiting for the game to download, I'd love mm. to hear your input as well, actually. It should be very um, beneficial to me and, and the show. Um, you look at the injuries that we've had. I don't think anyone predicted that we would have that many injuries. And if this was a normal season, I'd, I'd say, and I'd like to hear your thoughts, you would assume that Liverpool are well-equipped for this season, given the fact that you need to look at the quality of players that you're trying to get as well. Are they quite happy to be bit part players on the bench? You know, if you look at, if none of those players were injured that we talked about, like the VVDs, your Gomez's and all them, none of them were injured. We are very, I think we planned really well. I mean. I disagree. I disagree. I um I always thought that the centre back was required in the in the pre in in pre season in the summer. Okay, yes, and, uh, the centre back I agree and, with, but the, the centre back is what's caused everything else because Fabinho's had to go back. That's then caused pressure on him. He's got injured. It means then the midfielders are pressured. Everything that's happened since those that missing out on a centre back and Fab. If Fab was available in midfield, we wouldn't have no worries right now. We would be sorted. Because he would have been playing and he wouldn't have got injured. He would have been managed, would have been fine. Having to play two positions early on in the season caused him, going back has caused that for him to be out. And then we were all we, pressured We've got again. two massive injuries in one game, right? The Everton one. That's what... That was, that was, that was, yeah, that, at that point, obviously. But the point is, as soon as Fab had to go back into defence at that point, and if you had a centre-back then, yeah, he comes in and he plays and he's okay. We lose. We literally lose Matip and VVD in one game. You have Gomez plus another centre back to carry you, but then Fab can just rotate with one of them. It's much more comfortable, and maybe we don't have Gomez being overplayed as well, you know. And then getting an injury. It's. It's. I think it all stems from there. And then Trent's being overplayed too, because he's. I feel he was too scared. To um to have you know a kid like Nat or well he's not a kid he's the same size as Asa Gomez or Reese he wanted to have some kind of normality at the back with Gomez and um, Robertson and and Trent in there with them so that means Robbo and Trent have been overplayed all season when are they going to get a rest Trent then gets a muscle injury as well Robbo's on the t- has had a muscle injury in international break he's on the verge of breaking down we need to wrap these guys up you know Ginny and Robbo should not be playing midweek. But will they? I don't know. So it's all a domino effect that goes on the whole way through the squad. Luckily, the front three, the front four, can rotate. One of them can rest every game if they want to, and we can manage it. But right now, because of what's happening in defence, it's put so much pressure on midfield. Look at it now. Hendo's out. It's just too many games. Too many games. It's Had we had everybody fit... Then Hendo and all, you know these little nigglies are, are all are all part and parcel of the season. But when you come into the most condensed, maybe we should have taken a couple of risks because everybody else did. Everybody else spent stupid money when they didn't have it. But we're probably in a better position than all of those clubs to take a risk. But we neglected it, and it's caused us all this pain. And it's I know for a fact my stress levels haven't been this high since we were shite, and we are literally the best. But every injury spikes something in a Liverpool fan. Every single one. You guys might be numb to it if you were on the panel. 
that every time someone gets injured, I want to win this league. I want to win the Champions League. And every single injury makes that less likely every time because it means there's a domino effect. Yeah, I you think know, you've misunderstood what we mean by numb. Not like, oh, whatever. It's numb as in, I expected that. If I don't. I mean, yeah, well, we have to expect it now, I suppose. But yeah, it's uh, we, we expect I, I mean, it's it. So it's not like we sit there and shrug our shoulders, not at all. It's just the fact that the way, how many games that these top teams are having to play, like Europe and then... Foot, um, uh, you know, the, the, the domestic yeah. league and the way it comes around so quite quick. The cater like, one today, right, Nim, he's punching the floor. He knew straight away. Mm. He is so good because he knew this was a chance for him to become, you know, to become relied upon through this. It's just, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go and stop being depressing about it and let you like, enjoy the uh, the actual smashing of Brendan's team because <laughs> absolutely wonderful performance. All credit to Klopp and the players and everyone for rising up throughout October and November. How they've reacted since the, the Everton game is top draw. It's champions. They are They are the champions for a reason because they're just unbelievable. So... Fair play to um, to everybody involved, really, but just have that horrible thing on the side, which just doesn't go away. Can't wait for Thiago, Salah, uh, Salah getting COVID didn't fucking help either. But Salah um, can't wait for Hendo, Salah, Ox, Thiago to come back in because honestly, that's going to be such a massive boost to the team soon. Yes, soon. I mean, thanks a lot, Gags. Um, uh, thank you for calling and good luck with the pressing. Um, just make them up. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so that was Gads. Uh, before we move on to our second caller, um, guys, have you got anything to say about um, a pr- a planning and preparation for the season? I mean, um, uh, agree or disagree with Gads? It's Sam, good job we won tonight, isn't it? Oh, Dave, I couldn't... Yeah, it's a good job we won, yeah? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Sam. No, it's okay. Whoever wants to go first, you can go first. I'm terrible with names anyway. Take, take it away, Dave. You go first, mate. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely hear Gags' frustration. I, I, I think we spoke about this the last time uh, Sam and I were on, though, and, and just the culture that Klopp's built up within this squad makes me a little bit more comfortable. I know it's players that ultimately win your matches. It's not just about systems and culture and what have you. But, you know, I, leading up to this game, I tell you what, I was watching Sky and you'd have thought that we were just about to take on Barcelona, you know, 2008 Barcelona with Messi at his peak and Iniesta and all, you know, we were going to get hammered. And I I just didn't really think it was ever going to be like that. And so there's going to be a tipping point. You know, we can't keep relying on the kind of fringe players, but everyone who comes in, does a job. There's no one who, who lets us down. And when we start to get these players back, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll just go from strength to strength. And um, I can't really see anyone catching us. You know, it, it, providing the injuries don't go ridiculous and we do start to get players back. But I'll tell you what, this week is, is going to be a real test because obviously it's late on a Sunday that we're playing now. We've got Atlanta in, in midweek. We've got Brighton, the early kickoff on Saturday. It's just ridiculous. And um, I, as Gag said there, I do think we were missing a centre-back. We we need like four top quality centre-backs. And then, you know, for being... We need availability being... in a centre-back, don't we? Because the other yeah. two are just like, 
it's like 50-50, isn't it, in terms of they're great, but you you hold your breath because you know that they'll pull something. Yeah, and I would much sooner see either Phillips or Williams given a go, and if they make a mistake, they make a mistake, than have kept hold of Lovren, quite honestly. But Agreed. at the end of the day, Lovren was, you know, an international defender. And I think that's the hole in the squad that we're missing. Nice. And uh, what about you, Sam? Anything to add before we go to our second caller? Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's standard practice to have an absolute minimum of four senior centre-backs in your squad going into a season. And especially seeing as we left uh, Lovren leave, we, we were down to three senior centre-backs, knowing that Matt Dips got had a terrible injury record over the last year. And Joe Gomez has had some really big injuries as well. So he was always going to be prone to potential injury. So we were always leaving ourselves really badly exposed. Um, but one thing I will say to try and give a bit of balance, you know, one person that we might have been linked with previously was Fafana. Um, and he was showed his potential for Leicester today. But we we did have him on toast a number of times as well. You know, it's it's one of those things that would we have preferred to have signed a guy like him who looks incredibly promising and could be an outstanding player. But you know, we'd be bringing someone in like him, and he made a, he got skinned a number of times today, and we should have scored a bunch of goals. Um, so even if we had signed another person, I, I just think Klopp has the confidence in the in the in the squad. Personally, I'd have hundred percent signed another centre back someone with a really good injury record, someone just reliable, um, just to save us in this really compressed season. But I just think Klopp thought, well, no problem. We've got um, an extra midfielder now in Thiago who uh, we brought in and that then frees up Fabinho to be the spare one to drop in. But we have had an absolute nightmare, really, haven't we, with with our luck. But um, yeah, overall, I think it's a mistake not having those uh, four centre-backs. But... I suppose you can easily say that's a bit of a hindsight shout. Absolutely right. Um, uh, yeah, we're just really unlucky. And uh, like Gag said, hopefully once we get the likes of Tiago and Cater and Hendo back and, you know, Salah, you know, things might start looking better for us in, in that department. Because uh, I always thought we were really well stocked up in the midfield. And, you know, like, like Sam said there, there's only three left. Right, we're going to move on to our second caller. Um <laughs> It's been a while since we spoke to him. It's Steve Pizza. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, Nina. Can you hear me okay? You sound great. Ah, oh, thank you. Great to be back on. How are you? Really good. Great to have you back on. Oh, no. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was, uh, was going to call in uh, after that first 45 minutes and, you know, say, isn't it great that, you know, Naby's uh, back in the side. What an amazing first half performance from him. And uh, then, of course, you know, disaster strikes. And I totally hear where Gags is coming from. Uh, you know, the domino effect started by the Blue Noses and their tackling uh, that's, you know, rippled right through the team. So I was going to call in and say that, but um, I did think that first 45 minutes was probably the best we've done in the Premier League uh, this season. I think it was absolutely top notch. I mean, rivaled by, only by the the Chelsea performance from Thiago, and then, you know, it's snatched away when Naby, Naby goes down. But I had a question for the panel, uh, which is, you know, what, what does Sam and, and Dave think that the approach should be? Should we consider bringing someone like Taki 
in as an eight, given that Klopp is sticking with Bobby, as it seems, and Bobby did a lot better today, I think. Um, or would they maybe look at promoting some of the younger players from the academy? Or What do we do? I mean, we've got so few midfielders at this point. What, what do the lads think about that? That's, that's my question. Oh, that's a good question. Steve, I expect nothing less from you. And you know what? You know what? I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Sam first. I'm gonna put him on um, I'm gonna put him uh, You you almost said Steve then. I know you did. I almost did, I almost did. you know, uh, it's, it's just my default name. It's one of my favourite hey. names, you know? <laughs> It's a great name. Just to put it out there. Sam is worthy of it as well, I have to say, you know. He is worthy. He's a good one. He is a good one. (laughs) Sam, I'm going to come to you. Talk to me about this one because it looks like... um, Actually, it's a very interesting one because one thing I noticed in this game, and we always talk about this, is that Bobby Firmino gets deeper and deeper. I mean, your thoughts? I mean, will him, either him or Taki have to play a little deeper and kind of make the darting runs? Yeah, I'm with you guys, first of all, on Naby Keita. And I, I heard Gag's voice, absolutely heartbroken. I thought he was, his pressing, when Gags is doing his pressing now, I'm sure that first half pressing from Keita would have been insane. Um, you know, he put in so much work and, and he really made a big difference when we didn't have the ball. Just how much pressing he did, I was keeping an eye on him today and uh, his work ethic is incredible. So that, that's a big blow, especially with all the midfielders having to play in defence at the moment. Um, I think, first of all, we need to see how long Thiago and Henderson are out for. You know, hopefully it's not going to be too long for either of them. And then, you know, that might kind of resolve it pretty sharpish. But um, in the interim, I'm, I'm imagining maybe Nico Williams will have to start a game at right back and, and Milner will have to come into midfield. Um, and and Minamino, I think, is a good shout for someone to drop into midfield. I have been slightly concerned with how lightweight he looked at times recently because I, I thought in pre-season he was looking very promising and I thought he'd get more of a starring role this season. But the games he has played in the league and in the Champions League, um, I, I think he looked a little bit weak. Um, I'm hoping he's been working hard now over the last few weeks and he, he might be a bit stronger, but um, I think he, we haven't got many other options, have we? You know, I, We need Firmino up front, really, especially with Salah out now. Um, I don't know how long for, so I think Steve's got the right shout there. Maybe something with Minamino will have to be the answer, temporarily at least, until uh, Henderson and Thiago can come in. Dave, what about yourself? Um, I think someone's put in there um, uh, that one of the players, um, Nabi, should be, Nabi looks like Nabi will be out between four to six weeks, um, which is heartbreaking because you know what the guy goes through. He kind of loses himself and then it takes him a little while to kind of find his rhythm and then he finds his rhythm and he's phenomenal and then he becomes very unfortunate with injuries again. Um, Talk to me about what, what you feel about what the setup will be. I mean, are you in agreement with Sam in terms of we're just going to have to wait and get some details on the, on the recoveries of um, other midfielders before, obviously, we see some experiments from Jürgen? I think so. I, I think the Minamino in, in the number eight is a, is a decent shout because 
I, I remember thinking, I mean, Coutinho always used to look like a bit lightweight. And, and we all, well, I certainly thought initially, you know, he was, he was kind of Brazilian number 10. But I think it was in that 13-14 season under Rodgers where he dropped him back into midfield and, and he was an absolute revelation. And, and I think Minamino has, you know, apart from the set pieces, he's got a lot of the same traits as, uh, as Phil Coutinho. So I, I think that could work. Um, and ultimately, we're, we're getting less and less options, aren't we? And so, you know, unless we're, we're talking about bringing some of the kids in, um, I thought Minamino did okay. Um, I didn't rate him. I, I didn't think he was on long enough to, to give him a rating. But uh, great in I, I part, he isn't he? Okay. We're just not seeing enough of him. Yeah, and and so you just hope in situations like this that those fringe players, where it's just not quite come off for them. You know, just take the bull by the horns and and really kind of go with it, and hopefully that'll start in midweek for him. Hopefully, yeah, I'd love to see him against Atlanta, and of course, and I think another big thing as well, guys, is if we win that game, we we pretty much won the group. Am I right? Yep. Which I means then so, yeah. we can take it a little easy. In, in the Champions League till we start getting into the knockout stage? Yeah, it's one of those ones where you wonder whether he just wants to go really strong now, make sure of the win in that one, and then you could literally play me in the last two games if you wanted to. Uh, <laughs> and it wouldn't matter. And then you could really rest the players. Just just me as well, no one else. Um, and, and yeah, we'd, we'd still be through. So um, yeah, I think that's something. And, and also, can I... I don't know whether you were going to get on to Curtis Jones. Can we talk about him a bit? Um, uh, let me just see if Steve Pizza has uh, any final thoughts on what we've said before I let you talk about Curtis Jones. Steve, you've heard what the panel have said. Um, uh, they pretty much agree with you. I'll let you have the final um, you know, say and then we'll let you go and then we'll carry on. Oh, no, that's, uh, that's great, Nina. It's always nice when the panel agrees with you, right, Nina? Um, no, I, I, I think... I think the the key thing is with the with the injuries uh, being resolved. I mean, I think Thiago is probably closer than Henderson from the sound of it. Um, but uh, you know, we definitely need the bodies back. But I think Klopp's going to have to, as he says, you know, find solutions to whatever problems are put put in place. I mean, you know, I kudos to the team for pr- pulling out uh, a win like that and a performance, such a dominant performance. I mean, I was. Worried. I don't know about you guys, but I was I was nervous going into that game. I mean, you know, the hundred yeah. percent record. Mm. You know, Vardy oh. um, on 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 uncommon back four. You know, first time they've ever lined up together. You don't want to be fa- facing one of the you know top strikers in the league, which you know Vardy is at the minute. So so that was good. But I think you know Jurgen's going to have to try and find some solutions. Maybe you know I'd love to see more of Minamino. And I think the fact that Bobby you know stayed in the side despite his issues was you know quite a telling statement you know maybe tacky isn't really you know pulling it off in training and maybe uh Klopp will find a different role for him somehow get him in the team uh, and try and cover in the next couple of games but they're not that hard games hopefully right Brighton Atalanta don't you know um I think that should be okay absolutely Klopp can experiment well, one last thing we we don't have anybody with a good voice to come on and sing Will you still love me when I'm 64? But 64 home wins, Nina. We should have had that as the uh, 
you, you want to do an outro with that? Have a word with Guy and get that. I am not singing. You don't want me singing, that's for sure. I'm going to stay in that. Keeping that. That's staying. <laughs> right. There you go. Thank okay, you. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Yeah. Take care. Take care, Steve. Thank Cheers, you. Steve. Yep. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, Sam. Bye, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Okay, that was uh, Steve giving us his uh, vocal performance. Sam, I'm going to come to you because I do think Nabi Keita was phenomenal and I also feel like Curtis Jones had a really good game today. Um, it looked really lively. It was his kind of game, lots of space, really intelligent, picking up, you know, the loose balls. Um, I'll let you talk about him and then I'll go to Dave. Oh, yeah, you're saying about Keita, I just remembered a bit where Leicester put a press on him and that's all he did. It looked like we were in a bit of trouble, maybe. He might have a bit of pressure, might lose the ball. And he just dropped the shoulder one way, turned the other, and he completely skinned the midfielder. And we were on the attack, and he just set us away. And that's just something that we haven't really got. Um, that's something Thiago will be able to bring to the team as well now, hopefully, when he comes back in with that little body swerve. So it is a bit upsetting, but I want to do some positivity as I usually like to try to, and just want to say about Curtis Jones, I think he's been making a really kind of understated role in the team recently, but he's been so, so mature, and I've I've, I've barely noticed him in the team in some ways because he's been so solid, not giving the ball away at all, doing a really disciplined job. And is he is he still 19? I don't know if he's Yeah, he's still 20. 19, I think. I you know, think. Uh, honestly. And have you noticed the size on the guy? I think he's about six foot one, but he's clearly, over the last six months, bulked up significantly as well. And, you know, I was talking about um, Minamino on occasion looking a bit weak on the ball. I got to say, Curtis Jones looks so strong and assured on the ball. And I just think his development is so much further along than I expected it to be. You know, there was nothing spectacular today, don't get me wrong, but we absolutely dominated Leicester in midfield today and people were looking at the starting lineup, saying that their midfield was much better than ours. Well, we have completely taken them to the cleaners today with that midfield. So, um, and Curtis Jones was 33% of that midfield. So it's clear for all to see that that guy is developing at the rate of knots, but it's the discipline that he's been showing that has impressed me the most because we've all known he's got the skill and the talent and he must be desperate to try and, you know, his little tricks and flicks that he's so capable of doing. But he was clearly doing a job for the team today and I think he was very good at actually listening to instruction from Klopp and I think that was really important for that performance with us today. Absolutely. And I think Steve Pizza there, Dave, just put in as well that ball to Robbo as well for the second goal for Jota. I mean, he did have a really good game. He had a really lively game. I felt like, you know, it was like it was like a game that kind of really suited him. And I feel like, you know, just maybe having that player, maybe playing alongside like the Ginny combination and Nabi Keita really helped him as well. Sorry, was that to me? <laughs> You're yeah. the only other panelist. I'm not speaking for yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, completely agree. And I, I actually think Curtis Jones has been so far ahead of of where he should be. He just slots right in there. He doesn't necessarily, you know, he's not 
cracking screamers in from 30 yards, Gerard style. But I, I think back to Gerard when he came into the side and, and that was the thing that impressed me about him was that he just came in and just slotted into the team and he didn't look out of place. And for the size of Curtis Jones, you know, the old cliche was that, you know, he's got good feet for a big man, hasn't he? But, you know, there, there was a moment in the first half where it didn't quite come off for him, but he was trying to kind of wriggle through in the uh, in the penalty area. I just thought that, that takes some confidence and some close control from him. So I just think he's going to get better and better. And I think, you know, I, I think the the academy, they've, they've just gone and done it again. I, I think, you know, with, with Trent, I mean, he's just a Rolls-Royce, isn't he? And, and you sort of think, well, you can only produce a player like that you know, maybe once a decade, maybe or something. But no, Curtis Jones to me looks like the real deal. He does absolutely, and I'm, uh, I like the fact that you kind of mentioned um, uh, Trent there as well. That you know, um, he could be a future prospect, and I think he's going to be a player that's really going to benefit and learn a lot from Thiago. I feel like you know that's just going to be like a natural kind of like mentor for him. Um, let's kind of talk about the entire game and, and Dave, I'll stick with you because one thing that, like you, I was quite nervous with all the injuries and, you know, you sat there thinking, oh gosh, you know, you know, for the first time ever, it was literally that what, who's going to play in defense and who's going to play in midfield. And usually those spots, you know, you, you kind of know who's going to play. Last season was pretty easy. You knew, you knew the Jurgen Klopp team, but obviously with the injuries, a bit unsure but one thing I loved was the fact that we started so positive from the get-go and I feel like when Liverpool start like that they it's normally they, they just set the tone for how they you know how they're going to kind of play the game and how it's going to go and I, I find that this season in particular we, we, we saw it against Atlanta as well when Liverpool start aggressive good things happen yeah and I think for me, the biggest confidence boost was seeing that we actually had Matip and Fabinho at the back to start off, you know, because I wouldn't have fancied. There was a point last week where I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have Phillips and Williams at the back. And I think, you know, they, they've both played well for us this season, but I wouldn't fancy them up against Vardy, not, not the way he's been playing as well. So, you know, to have them two in the starting lineup, I just... It gave me a bit more confidence. I'll tell you what else gave me a bit more confidence was just how much Sky were bigging up Leicester. And I always think with Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> when he's at his most confident, when people are going on about how great he is, that's when Leicester are at their worst. This is kryptonite, isn't it? It is. And, and I think <laughs> it's when no one expects them to get a result. Because let's face it, they, they've played the same way pretty much since their title winning season. You know, they, they like to soak up the pressure. They, they like to hit uh, teams on the counter-attack. They're basically like, a, they're basically a Roy Hodgson team, but they've got Jamie Vardy up front. And, and Madison is, is class as well, to be fair. But, you know, I just felt that, that you're right. The way we started off was in that really uh, offensive front foot kind of approach. And it, it just felt a bit like uh, kind of boys against uh, men against boys, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And Sam, every time they kind of talk up um, Leicester, and you know, we had it last season as well. I think it was Boxing Day where we absolutely smacked them to bits and pretty much ended their title. Uh, you know, their their title run. Um, but 
is a Brendan Rodgers side and Dave has kind of touched on it there. Like, you know, that was as great as Liverpool were. That was a very, very classic Brendan Rodgers-esque kind of performance in the sense that Liverpool really should have been there for the taking. I think any other team might have really, you know, tried to stick the knife in at Liverpool there. You know, they're vulnerable, they've got injuries, you know, let's really get into them. And, you know, I think, you know, Brendan Rodgers being Brendan Rodgers, I mean, he's no longer my problem anymore. But, you know, you have to give a lot of credit to Liverpool to come out knowing that, yeah, you know what, defensively, you know, we've got a few problems. You know, know, we're having to play Milner at right back, but they they did the job really well. And, you know, um, uh, so I'd like to hear your thoughts in terms of how they started. Did it surprise you as well after an international break? Because uh, what I've noticed is, you know, the quality of football isn't overly the best. After international football? Yeah, well, if you remember the home game last season, right, it was a narrow 2-1 win. And uh, the narrative was Liverpool were lucky to win with a penalty late on and everything. But if you actually They should have even equalised. The, the, the yeah, I remember. The game itself, we absolutely tonked them that day. And I couldn't believe we were only 1-0 up at that point. It was such a comprehensive destruction of Leicester that day. Um Madison, I, I think it was a bit of a deflection or something like that, and it kind of squirmed under, or um, a bobble or something happened, and they they got a, an equaliser out of nothing. But and the press were desperate to you know say how uh, Leicester were very unlucky on the day and everything. But I remember the XG. I think we absolutely tuned them on the day in reality, and we were just had ourselves to blame for not putting the chances away. And it is following a, a pattern now, isn't it, when we're playing a Rodgers team where they seem to be flying high in the league when they come up against us and we bring them crashing back down to earth yet again. And just to put it in perspective as to just how impressive that win was for Liverpool today, I was playing my nephew on my brand new shiny PS5 earlier on FIFA and my Liverpool starting lineup had six players that were unavailable for Liverpool today. You know, three of the back four, um, Thiago, Henderson and Salah, all missing today from the Premier League champions' best 11, you could argue. And uh, we've still ended up absolutely tonking them. So I just think that goes to show the golfing class that still exists between us and some of the teams in this league. And even though it's going to be a tough, tough season, it's going to be the biggest challenge we could possibly have faced um, this season now and the biggest strain on the squad that we could possibly have. But bloody hell, you, you've got to be impressed with the just the work rate and the, the, the fact that we finally won the league last season, you'd kind of forgive them for dropping off a bit this season. But, you know, so far it's been nothing but fantastic uh, results, really. And we're, we're unlucky not to have another two points, really, after that Everton debacle that happened so you know for me I, I just think it's it's very very impressive and I just think it's it's something that I'm so desperate for us to win the league again this season I think I'm totally with with gags Covid unfortunately really shut on our parade for us to finally win this league title and I think it's so so important that we win the league again this season and we end up end of the season we finally get that parade and we've got two league titles that we're taking around Liverpool, and there'll be over a million people um, on the streets, and I'm going to be one of them, and I just can't wait. So it's just 
so, so desperate for us to follow this up with another league win because I think this city absolutely deserves to have that special moment that we were robbed from last season. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Trust Liverpool to win the league after 30 years and there's a flipping pandemic and, you know, the fans, you know, can't be there. Sam, I'm going to stick with you because as great as Liverpool started, I mean, the first goal did come from, you know, an ex-United player on goal at Anfield. You love to see it. How badly did you laugh your arse off? It was very obliging of him, I must say. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was an absolute bullet head as well, wasn't it? And um, it was it was Mane on him. I, th- I think it was a kind of a sign. We we underestimate just how bloody strong Mane is. He is. Yeah, he's a he's, a, he's phenomenal there, really. Oh, I, I, what a player, by the way. It just he's such a physical specimen. I think he was just an absolute menace against Leicester today, and you could see. It caused Johnny Evans to make the error, basically. You know, um, he, he was kind of pushing up against him, but you know, you don't think it's anything that's going to cause an own goal. So he, he's, it's something that Suarez used to do back in the day. If you remember, there were some famous examples. I think it was a game against Stoke where we scored five, and the defense, when the ball was in the air and he was near them, defense start making mistakes. I'm starting to notice that with Mane as well. You know, Fofana had a couple today where he's looking very accomplished and impressive. But when Mane got near him, he shut the bed, to be honest with you, and got completely skinned. So um, I, I'm giving Johnny Evans the benefit of the doubt and just saying it was something to do with a bit of credit for Mane. But I think in reality, it was just a major cock-up. But um, yeah, uh, Steve P just... Uh, giving me the old Evans nudge there, comparing me with Johnny Evans. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be getting the call-up uh, for Liverpool. It doesn't matter how many centre-back injuries we get, I think uh, I'm still going to be sat here in Wales, no problem. <laughs> That's a shame. That's a shame. What about you, Dave? I mean, I, you know, you're at a stage where you just take a goal from anywhere and, you know, you're quite happily take that. But it was it was quite funny to watch. And, you know, it was like, well, we deserved it anyway because we, at that point, had like three shots or something. Yeah, and I'm always a bit nervous when we're so on top and you're playing against the likes of Vardy. You know, anything could happen. They they If they'd have got a goal, you know, they, they wouldn't have deserved it. But it's always just a bit of a relief. And... You know, can I just say, I, I'm not normally that disparaging on players, but Johnny Evans, I, I just don't see it. Why people keep buying him? He is so, so average. And that's not even with my Man United hatred blinkers on. I, I just think he's a very, very average player. And I, I think I you know what it is? I think average teams gravitate towards him because he's won leagues and they think maybe his leadership or his experience could be vastly, um, you know, beneficial to the team. I think it's more reputation rather than pedigree, if that makes sense, even though he didn't do an awful lot for Man United. Yeah. If that makes sense. And the fact that Brodgy has has got him at the back there, that that makes sense, doesn't it? Because he couldn't spot He's got an eye for a centre-back, is that one? (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, you're right. But um, no, it was good. I, I did like the fact that it was him, to be honest. I've never really forgiven him for that. Um, when Shelby got sent off at Old Trafford, I, I still think both of them 
went in as hard as each other and Shelby just ended up getting sent off. I, I thought Evans that day went in two-footed as well. But um, so, yeah, it was brilliant just to see it in the back of the net there. And he couldn't have made a better connection if he'd have tried. It was a great header, to be fair. It was a great header. and, it, you, and know, it, you know what it, Sorry, Nina, you know what it was? It was like a Bobby no-look header. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most flair Johnny Evans has ever shown me, isn't it, to be honest? <laughs> oh, mate, I, I can't believe you brought up that John Joe Shelby incident because I was at that game and I was absolutely... First time I watched Liverpool Man United at Anfield and... Yeah, I was absolutely sick as a dog. That I thought we were playing quite well that day as well. So uh, yeah. thanks for bringing that up. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, you know what? Those days are behind us now. We no longer have those kind of days to deal with. And um, Dave, I'll stick with you. Let's talk about the second goal because that was just magnificent, wasn't it? I mean, just the whole build-up and then that ball from Robertson and then Jota just like his awareness is, you know, just being there at the right time, just... Oh, it was for me. That was like, wow! Now that's yeah. a goal. And I just love Diogo Jota. I always want to call him Diego, which is terrible. Diogo Jota. <laughs> so I, I, he's brilliant, isn't he? And I think even even apart from the goal, I think he just looks on it again. Mm. He, he's so far better than I expected him to be. I thought he'd be that kind of understudy to the front three. But he's just come in and absolutely hit the ground running. A mate of mine has just texted me that Jota's scored as many goals at home as Man United have. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's done well there in, in in the goal scoring. But again, I just can't help but salivate about our recruitment policy again, because we kind of expect that kind of cross. That's not the first time we've seen a cross like that from Robertson, is it? You know, and again, you've got this this lad who no one else was really in for. Jota as well, you know, decent player at Wolves, but I, I didn't see any of the other top clubs clambering for him. So, mm. you know, one one player, you know, is a great spot, crossing it for another one. It was just brilliant. And, and I think, you know, I, I don't want to underplay Jota's role in it, you know, because he, he does have to glance that header. But when you put in a cross like that, I think it's more often than not that you're going to stick those away. Yeah. I think you're right. And Sam, I'll come to you. What I loved was the fact that he just went running into it. It's almost like they've practiced out on the training pitch. It looked like it'd been, you know, choreographed before, like, oh, they've done it week in, week out. You know, we, we've seen Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson assist the Mosalas and the Sadio Manes. They've been playing together season in, season out, you know, for about two, three years. This guy has literally just come in. And, you know, he wherever he is, um, we're seeing so much goodness from him. You see the flashes of there isn't a drop in quality at all. And I love that about that guy. Yeah, I think I touched on it on another pod. I, I really didn't see this coming with Jota. I, I was very happy with the signing, but I, I didn't realise just how good he was. You know, whenever I've seen him play, I've always thought he was a tireless runner. Um, but I, first of all, I thought he was a lot older than he actually is. I thought he was about 29. So when we signed him and found out he was like 23, I was thinking, bloody hell, this this guy can really develop. So... Um, he, he's been incredible. What an impact. So that's four goals in consecutive home games now since his debut, 
Was it was our record? I think I heard that uh, mentioned on Sky Sports as well. Four consecutive home games to start your career. Um, so yeah, fantastic. But as um, as the Mauritian one uh, put on the chat here on Discord earlier, uh, saying about that second goal, it was bloody. It was special, wasn't it? And um, he, he shared a tweet on the chat about Opta Joe saying um, Diogo Jota's. Uh, goal for Liverpool came after a sequence of 30 passes. Since Opta have this data available from 2006-2007, this is the most passes in the build-up to any Premier League goal by the Reds. So it just you know, it wasn't only an absolutely incredible cross from Robbo and a brilliant run and header by Jota. It was the patience shown. We were just, if you look at the passing map, you know we were just dragging them left to right, left to right, just slowly finding a bit of an opening. And as soon as Robbo knocked the ball past the Leicester player, what a ball in. So, yeah, it, it was a delightful goal. It's, it's a goal that might be, you know, one that might end up winning goal of the month type of thing. You know, it was lovely stuff. And it's it's another header for Liverpool who happened to be uh, the team with the most headed goals in the league uh, yet again. So it, it's something that we've got a, a massive strength at, despite a lack of height in the front three, we really do chip in with a lot of headed goals. And I think that's obviously a lot of that credit has to go down to the fantastic, again today, Robertson and the usually fantastic Trent, who is sadly unavailable today. Absolutely. And again, you know, we spoke about Sadio Mane having a great goal um, game. I thought Jota was great as well. You know, sometimes orchestrating quite deep as well. Another player that played quite deep was Roberto Firmino. We're used to that. Let's talk about that miss. I think people were just sat there scratching their heads like, what on earth is going on here? Like, how how did he miss that? I felt so sorry for him. He missed it by millimetres. And it was just like, oh, my God, your look is so bad. You know, like, it's just not coming off for you. I mean, they have gutted with you for him because, like, you know what Twitter's like as well. And I think maybe it's a lesson that we should just get off it. But, you know, the the whole, oh, God, you know, how did he miss that? You know, and <laughs> I just felt so bad for him. I mean, like, I wanted to laugh, but I couldn't because I was just in shock. I, I, and before that, he'd, he'd had a header, hadn't he, that had gone against the post. Yeah. And, and for some reason, I don't, they didn't seem to make a big deal out of it in the commentary. But he literally had a free header right in front of the goal and hit the hit the post. I think that was Evans again, you know, who nearly scored an own goal. I think oh, was it, it was him again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it showing a, off now, I think it he? was a bullet header from Evans again. Yeah, it was. He almost two on goals. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it did look like... Cara mentioned that. He said it might have been him trying to catch Cara up on the own goals, wasn't it? <laughs> right. I see. Yeah, uh, now, you, now you mention it, but I, I don't know probably need to get spectators it looked to me like it was a bobby header but uh i mean that that one the line they said in the commentary that it didn't go over by 10 millimeters now just from the eye test forget the uh simulation that they showed just with the camera it looked to me like the whole ball was over and then when they they did the simulation it looked like the ball was just touching the line and then come up with this 10 millimeter thing i I had the same thought but then i was told that there's like a bleep on the line if it goes over is that true i I believe there is it goes to the ref's watch doesn't it yeah ref gets a little buzz on his on his watch but 
it's just another one of those where you just think, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, and to, for any other player, you'd be a bit gutted. But because it was Bobby and he's been on this run, you're just like, oh, it's just not going to happen at all. And so when he did actually get the goal, I was so happy. And we talk about the number of headed goals. Obviously, the, the one who has a bit of height is Bobby. And it was an absolute bullet header again, wasn't it, for that third one? All goals scored by headers. It was a thought. And I loved Klopp's reaction to that, Sam. And he seemed more more enthused because it was Bobby that scored. You know, obviously, I think he's he's aware of the fact that, you know, this player might be feeling a little down. He's scoring a lot of goals for Brazil and he seems to be doing really well for Brazil. But obviously, I think we kind of spoke about this part on this part and we spoke about how he's kind of like, he kind of really does love playing up to the crowd and stuff. And maybe that's part of the game that he's really missing. But great to see him get a goal today. And, you know, he scored a difficult, but, you know, had a what-the-fuck moment. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I just want to defend Bobby a little bit. I, Please defend him because he gets a lot of stick. Yeah, well, fr- frustrated. Don't, don't get me wrong, right? Just to be fair, there was that. Um, we played a bit of a set-piece move where we knocked the ball to the fast stick and Matt Dip headed it across goal. And Bobby was jumping in with a kung fu kick with his right foot when the ball was on his left-hand side and he hit the side netting. And it just looked so much easier to stretch a left foot out and, and just bury the ball into the back of the net. So that was a really big chance for him. Um, but one thing I will say about him today, and it is a well-known, it's a bit of a cliche in football, it's, it's continuing to put yourselves in these positions to miss chances. And bloody hell, he, he hasn't been missing chances this season. But credit to him, you know, that, that missed chance where he hit the inside of the post, then it came back, ricocheted off him and nearly went over the line. So, so bloody unlucky. And you've got to remember, he completely created that himself by, by skinning Fafana. Um, again, another example of Fafana being, you know, totally done by a lovely, lovely turn. And I think today might just be a bit of a turning point for Firmino. I think there was a bit, you know, there was still the odd problem. There was still a bit of the profligate finishing that we've been having. But I think even though he's dropping really, really deep, he was a very, very important player for us today. And I think he was one of the reasons why we dominated the game so much. Even though he did give the ball away carelessly a few times and miss some chances, I think there was a real sign today that maybe he's creeping his way back into a bit of form. I, I don't know whether the performances for Brazil has given him a bit of a boost. You know, that that can be a thing sometimes is to go to play for a different team and kind of, you know, cleanse your palate, shall we say, and then come back fresh. And I, I just think there was a sign of that today with Firmino. Um, I saw a tweet out by XG Philosophy earlier saying that Firmino had... 1.62 xg today and Leicester had 1.21 in total as a team and I think that just shows how much he was involved for Liverpool today and I, I just think that's a real good sign for things to come and I'm, I'm totally with you I punched the air when he scored that goal with five minutes left off the corner I was so so happy for Bobby I think mm. he, he's a tireless player for us and he has been crap at times um, you know, just lacking that quality at times and seemed to be a bit careless. And it's, we ask so much of him because we know he's such a fantastic player. So today's performance, you know, it wasn't world-class or anything, but I really do think it showed some great signs and, and really promising signs that maybe he's on his way back for us. 
yeah, for me, I kind of really noticed him. Normally, he does a lot of off-the-ball graft, and today I felt like he was very involved in the attack. He almost wanted the ball and he wanted to score and there was like a willingness about him to get into those positions albeit that it sometimes didn't pay off for him but there was a bit of a desire there and maybe it was because there was a lack of Salah there you know there wasn't a Salah and he thought maybe I need to put in a graft as well you know to make life easy for Jota but for me I felt like there was a more like I don't know there was a more of an input or, or an attempt to try getting the goal because usually he wants to just pull the strings behind them too I feel like that's his like little function and that's how he kind of works. But guys, I mean, I think we've pretty much come to the end of the pod and it was an incredible performance. And I think what I want to get from you guys is what kind of really impressed you from the game. And I'll start with my takeaway. I think what I loved about this game was the fact that, you know, three injuries to the defence and we still walk away with a clean sheet against that Leicester team. I mean, you, you know, like the, they will take a lot of credit, you know, and they'll take a lot of, um, confidence from that and I think you know Fabinho um, is just such a cool head in defence I mean Dave what do you think? Yeah so it, like I say straight off the bat when you've got those two at the back it immediately settled my nerves um, I, I think it's a bit of a statement to be honest because everyone was bigging Leicester up so much and talking talking up all the injuries and, and no one knows more than us about how many injuries we've got but that 11 that goes out there on the pitch really put in a shift and I'm delighted for Bobby because as well as the goal even if he hadn't have scored he did put in a really good game one player that we haven't spoke about is James Milner and it was clear that Leicester had a game plan they weren't going to play out from the back they were going to bypass the midfield they were going to hit it long and they were targeting Milner's side and I thought he had a really really solid game today and obviously Mm. it was his corner uh it was his corner for the Evans goal. I, I, yes, it was. Yes, it I was. Couldn't see for Bobby's goal. Was it? Was that Milner as well? I, I couldn't see it from the from the replay, but um, it might have been. But I it thought probably it probably was. Yeah, it probably was. He was taking the corners. I, and I just think he's just been so invaluable for us because you basically you've got you know injuries somewhere that is not in the front three, and Milner can just slot in there. And I, I think he, he just always puts in a shift. But I, as well as putting in a shift, I, I thought he played really well as well. I, I think I'd find it, I, I, presuming you're going to come up to the man of the match in a minute, I, I'm going to find it really difficult because I, I can't think... There's a number of players who played quite well today. And uh, I just thought it was a great all-round team performance. You know, some sometimes when... You know, Mo's really on it, or Mane's really on it. You know, they're the standout performers. But tonight, I think it was just a great, great team performance. It really was. And, you know, it comes to something when Alison kind of produces some good saves as well, and you're not even talking about them, you know, because it's what you expect of him. Because I did think in the, in the second, at the end of the first half, he produced some good saves. Sam, I'll come to you. What you know, uh, James Milner was um, incredible again. You know, today, given the fact that a lot of people were quite nervous about seeing him as right back, but he, he had a he had a pretty decent game. Um, so, um, talk to me about any takeaways from the game that you have. Yeah, fair play to Milner. I, I love that photo that's going around. By the way, of that flex tape. Have you seen that thing with his water draining from? Uh, a massive tank and it's got Jurgen Klopp on the side and it's got injury crisis on the water flying out. 
and this guy slaps the tape on the water to, just to block and it just says James Milner and he just <laughs> stops stops the leak and um, and basically that's it it's like whenever there's an injury crisis I'll, I'll retweet you that described that so well everyone's pissing themselves uh, laughing and I absolutely love it. it 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 cracked me up first time I saw it I just love it and um, yeah it's 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 a he's so valuable to this team it's not he doesn't make our starting eleven, but he is a vital, vital part of this squad. And I think he is one of the main reasons maybe why Klopp hasn't ended up, you know, venturing out and buying more players that can cover in defence. Because Klopp does seem to be a really big fan of signing versatile players who can then fill holes in squads. And I think Milner, you know, he's got his critics. He, he hasn't got pace or anything. But bloody hell, he's an intelligent footballer. And I think some of his passing today from right-back position was actually excellent. And it got us on the front foot on a number of occasions. And I think he had a really good game today. And, you know, the, the, the thing we're asking of him is something that a lot of footballers really, really struggle with, which is to have to change position all the time. You see so many players... He's a isn't he, a football? Ah, bloody hell, wherever you play him... You know what you're going to get. It's it's going to be the same thing wherever he goes. He's so bloody clever. He's he's a very good passer of the ball. You know, he's limited in a lot of ways, fair enough. But I think he's been such a fantastic servant to this team. And I think he is someone that really will, you know, f- plug those gaps um, that we will have in this team uh, going forward. So, you know, it was absolutely fantastic to see him do so well again today. And I can't remember the question now because I've just gone off your, on a million your, your tangent. Takeaways, your takeaway <laughs> on the game, like any player that needs a mentioning or something yes. from the game or, you know, anything, yeah. basically. Yeah, there, well, there's a, there's a few. I, I just, I'm totally with Dave. As soon as I saw the starting lineup was Fabinho Matip at the back, I thought, fantastic. I got, that is a really, really good centre-back partnership. And if we can keep those guys fit, for the important games going forward this season, we have very few worries at all. I think we're going to be in brilliant shape. The, the only concern is obviously keeping them fit with a massive demand. So I think there's going to be a lot of rotation in the less important games, maybe, where we'll have to use the squad a bit. So um just wanted to say, I thought Matt Dip was fantastic today. Just drops in some of his pass, long-range passing today. Again, replacing what Van Dijk does so well you know, with aplomb at times, to be fair to him. I don't think he gets enough credit for his passing. And I think that was great today. I thought he was fantastic in the air whenever they were putting the ball in. How often did you see it was Matt Dip was the one clearing? Same goes for Fabinho. He is, I absolutely love that guy. I think he's so good. I, I wish we could be playing him in midfield because I think we, we do lose a bit when he can't play there. But what a p- person to come in as an emergency replacement for centre-back. I thought he was absolutely fantastic yet again. So, yeah, my, my takeaways is the people we've had to drop in have really, really stepped up to the plate today. And it's really shown that when we're in crisis, this Liverpool team really does kind of band together and, and find the solutions that we need. And it's, it's just, you know, long may it continue. 
Absolutely. And I think Dave kind of hit the nail on the head that the team is just playing for each other and it's really hard to pick a man of the match. So I'm going to give Dave like a few more seconds to think about it. So Sam, I'm going to put you back on the spot. You had to pick a man of the match today. Who would it be? I mean, it could literally be anyone at this point. Yeah, I, I think I, I feel for Keita because he was on course to potentially, yes. you know, he could have, he could have, if he'd have had a strong last 40, it might have been a bit much to ask. I think he was always maybe only going to play 70 anyway. So maybe he would have been out of the reckoning because, uh, you know, first came back and everything and uh, inevitably bloody got injured. Uh, as I said, you know, mentions for the centre-backs and everything. But for me, I think I think I'm going to go for Robertson today because I just think he was incredible at times, like just unplayable. He made some of the Leicester players look like absolute mugs today that just relentless running for a guy who's played for Scotland a couple of times in the week. He was complaining of a hamstring injury and we thought, shit, he's going to be unavailable. So he's obviously got a tight hamstring and he was just relentless today. His pace is incredible. His, his dribbling is really underrated, actually, but his, his final ball is just absolutely immense. And I think he's getting better, you know, and that, that ball for the Jota goal, which is quite possibly my favourite goal we've scored so far this season. It's right up there anyway. It's just, it's just a, a prime example of just how good and just how important Robertson is to this team. So for me, I'm going to have to pick him for my man of the match today. Nice shout. Don't think we've had Robertson for quite a while now as well, so that's always good. It could be quite an edgy hipster man of the match shout kind of game. And what about yourself, Dave? You've had a few moments. <laughs> I, I, I thought Jimmy the... had a quiet little game as well, but he worked really hard, you know, like control that midfield, you know. So it's, it's again, like you said, they've all played really well. So whoever you call, I will not disagree with because I don't think anyone had a bad game. I can't think of anyone who put in less than a kind of seven out of ten. Even even the likes of Jones, like say, he didn't do anything particularly uh, eye catching. No assists, no no goals or anything. But I, I thought he did a great job in the middle there. Robertson's a great shout, and and I think it was at that point when the news came through last week about his hamstring with Scotland. That was the point where I, I think I was ready to jump out the window, um, and. To put in a performance like that, it's just it says a lot about the man, and and I think he he did have a really good game. I thought Jota in particular in the first half looked outstanding. I thought he he just looked so dangerous in pretty much everything that he did, and the goal was just nice to top it off there. I'm gonna because there are so many contenders. I think I'm gonna make it a bit of an emotional choice, a bit of an emotional pick. So. The fact that Bobby played well, the fact that I did say he was a little bit like George Weir's cousin uh, in the Aston Villa game, and he was in a really poor run of form. And to get that goal right at the end, I think we were all just so happy for him. You know, you could tell how much the team, you know, was happy for him, but just as fans as well. So I'm going to go with Bobby. And Steve said... um... Just for the first half alone, I'm going to give it to um, uh, to Nabi, but great shout by Sam regarding Robbo. You know what? I was going to give it to Bobby as well because I felt like he was a little bit more creative today than he usually is. I felt like, you know, he had a bit more goal involvement. 
stuff from me. Oh, and Lubov, well, that's always good if Lubov agrees as well. Lubov says, excellent shout, Bobby, for me too there. I feel vindicated now, you know, because uh, it's been a while since I've given it to Bobby for me. You know, people used to take the piss out of me because I should just give it him, even if he was even on the bench, you know. So um, I think they're all great shouts. I think Robbo is an excellent one, by the way, given all the things considered. He's incredible. I adore that boy. And, you know, let's hope he stays fit. That's what we want. Um, guys, we have come to the end of this show. A massive thank you to our callers. Um, uh, Gags and Steve Pizza, really appreciated um, you guys coming on. Thank you for all you guys that joined us live on Discord. A massive thank you to both Dave and Sam. But before I let them go, I'll get some plugs. Sam, where can people find you on Twitter? And anything you'd like to plug? Uh, nothing to plug really, uh, but if you want to have a chat on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans, and thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, my friend, always a pleasure. And what about yourself, Dave? Um, you're a busy bee, so um, where can people find more of you and more of your work? So you can get me at the usual, so the Comics in Motion podcast, and we're just starting to cover The Mandalorian, as well as all the other shows that we have on there as well. And I will plug uh, another podcast that we do, which is the VHS Strikes Back. So there we look at all the older kind of movies that uh, from the kind of 80s and 90s and just see how well they stand up. So quite often, not very well. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's mad because I have been watching a lot of that 90s movies and things. And I watch them more from a nostalgic point of view because obviously I, I, was, I watched them as like as a youngster with my sisters. So it kind of brings back the good memories of like the simpler times when, you know, you could see each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's honestly, it is just a passion project. Uh, yeah. And that's all it is. It's So we talk about kind of where we were at, at, at that time in our lives. We actually just did one that I'd never seen, which was Nicole Kidman's uh, first movie. It was called BMX Bandits, but we were kind of reminiscing about, you know, being out on bikes and stuff, you know, in the day. You know, kids don't do that anymore, do they? So, uh, they don't. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Lots of fun. I mean, one of my favorite 90s films, I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan, but I, I still love The Matrix. I know oh. it's old. And I know people say it looks dated, but I still adore it. It's that. phenomenal. And and the effects and everything still stand up really well today. Yeah. Actually, you know what? One of my favourite 90s films, and, you know, it's... Honest, this podcast is not sponsored by Keanu Reeves' Speed. Speed is a great film. <laughs> Although, how many people did actually died for him to save that bus? Like, <laughs> there's a bit of a flaw in, in the plot. But anyway, enough about that. Guys, keep it locked on AI Pro. There's so much awesome content. Loads of great things coming to you right now. There'll be a raw podcast. Um, there'll be an under pressure. There'll be a Molby on the spot. Um, uh, there'll be loads of great free content as well. I will be doing a Euro incision as well, covering the Liverpool at, um, Atlanta game and all other things in Europe. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Stay safe. Until next time, up the Reds.
Social Podcast Network.